0: Okay, now we have some runners tonight, I believe, people with mics, so that those at home who aren't able to be with us, and also to assist ourselves, um, so if you would like to share anything during our discussion time, just raise your hand, and they will run a mic to you, and then if you want to proactively go, you think, I might want to be next, raise your hand, we'll get a mic to you, and we'll just keep kind of doing that. That fluid chain, if possible. Okay? So, with that, what are some observations or thoughts that stood out to you today? In fact, just for our help, our, our assistance, well, here's the text, and um, I thought it'd be helpful to have it up there. How many here cannot read that? All right, see, we're looking to abbreviate things tonight. Now, it's up there. Hopefully, you have your copies of God's Word on your lap but it's also up there just to aid our discussion with one another. And I'm really going to need you to engage your brains tonight, okay? I want you to refuse the autopilot button. How many here, let's be honest, have ever pushed autopilot during a service? Anyone at all? I have, and I'm the speaker, okay? So I want you to avoid that because there's going to be several questions that I I want you to observe in different passages as we go through this. So with that being said, what are some observations you took with you, maybe something you learned, something that was added to what you already knew or really stood out to you? Okay, we got Jeff coming here first. And who's going to be after Jeff, just so we can be okay? And who's going to be after um, Jan and Timothy? All right, no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing So, all right, so, Jeff, what do you got, my friend?
1: I was just surprised how bold Peter was It's, it's like, he's not out there winning friends and influencing people He's just slapping them right across the face and not, not looking for the easy ones, he's looking for the go-getters Yeah And know, will let the go-getters take care of the other ones <laughs> Okay,
0: <laughs> all right, Peter's catching and flaying the fish Is what you're saying, all right
1: Yes, he's very bold. That's an
0: excellent point. And there's, there's a lot that we can kind of grab from that. Not that we want to purposely be mean, like maybe call out someone who was sleeping in the service last week. We want to avoid that at all possible. Please know I have her permission to banter with her, okay? I have her permission. But, um, but the boldness, that's great. Jan.
2: Um, I was noticing in the scripture that Peter when he was talking with the people he was chastising them and he said the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and the God of our ancestors has given divine glory or has been glorified to his servant Jesus what struck me was that at that very moment he ...put Jesus, who was the man, on a level field with God the Father.
0: Amen. Yeah.
2: He was not just a human anymore. After his resurrection, he became with God on one plateau.
0: Yes. Uh, and there, and there was never
2: anybody, anybody else that could meet that um, result. God was the deity is the deity, but at that point, um, Peter told the people and made them aware of the fact that Jesus is now on that level playing field with, with God the Father.
0: Yeah, he certainly does equate Jesus as equal to and divine. And, and it's important, and I know this is not quite where you're getting it, but I just want to borrow from this for a moment. It's important for us to make sure we understand that Jesus was fully divine here on earth, fully God, as you've seen the Father, you have seen me, I am, all right. Um, but to your point, and what I really, I love the point that you're drawing out here, is that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, what, one of the most direct uh, lessons on the inspiration of the Old Testament, they spoke on behalf of God, and what did they do, they glorified Jesus Christ. So you have a beautiful picture of inspiration of the Old Testament Scriptures. You have a beautiful picture of Jesus being glorified and equal to and part of that triune Godhead. Beautiful picture there. Thank you, Jan, very much. Anyone else? Anyone else? Um, So we got Tim, and then we got um, David after him. Thank you, sir. It was nice.
1: Um, The thought that uh, the process that you said... To when you're a witnessing for Jesus Christ, like, like Peter was here, he knew his stuff. And you said, "Know your audience." And I took that practically, like, to take it to work with me, to know my audience, mm-hmm. and to do some homework to know that to study to show myself approved and be mm-hmm. able to. That yeah.
0: was one of the things that really stuck out with me today. And I think that's a beautiful balance between you and Jeff. The gospel is offensive. We don't have to be the offensive people. It is offensive. But that doesn't negate boldness. It's a beautiful picture. David, what do you got?
1: It's in, it's interesting that, of course, we've made a little bit of fun, you know, sleeping. But two months earlier, it was Peter that was sleeping. Not too far from this place. He was the one that fell asleep. In the garden? In the garden. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's why Peter is such a favorite disciple, because he failed, and God continued to use him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Appreciate that. Anyone else? I see we got Dan over there. Anyone after Dan who wants to? Um, someone over here? Over here? Okay, over here. So way over here in front. All right, but Dan, go ahead, my friend. Verse uh,
1: 12. 12. Uh, Peter says not by our power or piety Uh struck me that it's not anything within him or even any acts of righteousness so as to convince God to do this this powerful
2: action.
0: Yep. Amen. Amen. Um, over, Eli?
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, (laughs) I thought it was pretty cool that, um, Peter was shocked that the other people were shocked about this. Uh-huh. It, because it's such an amazing thing, and he was like amazed that they thought it was amazing. You know.
0: <laughs> he was amazed that yeah, they that, thought that, was, that, was maze- yeah. amazing.
2: I'm shocked that Peter was shocked that the people were shocked.
0: <laughs> okay, take the mic away from him. No, I'm just teasing Eli. It just kind of makes me think as you're talking to like it's almost like, why are you so amazed? If anyone on the planet Earth could say, why are you so amazed, it's Peter, right? I mean, Peter walking on water, seeing miracles, eyewitness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, restored after three times. I mean, the guy's been there, done that, seen that, denied that, restored that, you know. And, and so he's kind of like, come on, you guys, you've seen bigger things than this. But that's a beautiful point. Thank you, Eli. Anyone else? Anyone else? Things you observed, applications, lessons? Oh no, she's got a mic. What do you got, Barbara?
2: Actually, I like the, the tie-in from the Old Testament. Um, glorified the servant, denied the righteous one, and then you killed the author of life, but God gives a big undo to that yep. and embraces him back to life.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful contrast of Our total depravity. Everything God declared, we disagreed with. Everything he did, we tried to undo. And then, of course, he undid our undo. So, yeah. And, boy, it just left us without excuse. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something more?
2: And, you know, every time you call me out, every time you refer back to that, I just figure that's another week we don't have to pay tithe.
0: Okay. (laughs) There is something so doctrinally wrong with that. Let's unpack that for a moment. Now, she tried to throw egg at me, but it didn't fly. Pay a tithe. Who wants to unpack that? Anyone at all? I'm teasing you, Barb, but you you got two more weeks of banter now because of that. All right, thank you. Anyone else? Observations, thoughts, applications? couple more, if possible. Because I only have about ten more... Over here? Bella? Okay, what do you got? There you go.
2: Um, something that stood out to me was like, when you choose the world, you're choosing the murderer. Um, that stuck out to me because it's so easy to choose the world rather than choosing Jesus, and that just really stood out to me.
0: Amen. Awesome. How many are encouraged with the uh, young people up here? Paying attention. I didn't know what the New Testament was. So... that's Thank you, Bella, and... Eli, that's awesome. Um, Heather, anyone after Heather be thinking, but Heather, what do you have?
2: I like how we talked about how faith and repentance go hand in hand this morning. Yeah. How yeah. important that is.
0: Amen. Both. Faith and repentance go hand in hand. In fact, repentance is the starting point of authentic faith. We're going to actually unpack that just a little bit from Matthew uh, this evening. Anyone Anyone else? Observations. Uh, Don, the mic is coming.
1: Awesome. When you're giving out the gospel, you exalt Christ, exhibit need, and exhort action. You alliterated that. Yeah. <laughs> exalt. Exalt Christ, exhibit
0: need, and exhort action. Amen. All right. Look at that. Maybe we should just have Don. Don here's my notes. All right. Good <laughs> luck. Good luck, because I can't spell and my grammar's horrible. But thank you, Don, very much. Anyone else? Anyone else? Observations, thoughts? I like the concept of refreshing. What's that? Refreshing. Right, and we're going to bring that up tonight because you brought it up Wednesday. So I'm going to give Paul some credit here. Um, All the credit, right? Don't be amazed, all right? Paul, (laughs) over here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't want to skip you? Oh, yes got one right here all right i don't mean to say this but i think the young people are outdoing uh the adults so pick it up all right
2: um when peter healed the lame man i found it really inspiring when he was like not taking any of the um credit yeah credit and he was like no don't praise me praise god And I feel like that's a major sign of humility. A lot of people don't have that nowadays, and I love how he's willing to praise God with these actions and amaze people with these actions. And I really think that we should aspire to inspire before we expire. I don't
0: know, that brings tears to my eyes. Barbara, you could learn a lot from them. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone want to top that? Anyone at all? I think that's a good place to dive into our text. Again, no autopilot because I'm going to be asking you to use your critical thinking skills in this. Excellent. Thank you, young people. So with that, I'm going to do us an egregious favor here. Okay, that sounds a little... Uh, Contrast in terms. Um, We're going to bring all that we just talked about, and the alliteration and the beautiful insights of the young people, and look at some things that we didn't have time to touch on this morning. But here's my egregious favor. I'm going. Let's go ahead and click that button. We are going to condense the text into this. Which means it is, to borrow from Jeff, it is gutted like a fish, all right? But I did my very best to leave the pillars of the text up there. And then when we get to the end of this in our dry erase board, we will revert to the whole text again. And when that whole text pops up, it's going to be divided into three different colors, three equal sections of thirds. And I'm going to ask you to now, even now, begin to consider volunteering for one part of this passage, okay? Where not only do you read it, we'll get you a mic, not only do you read it, but I want you to begin to insert as you read out loud, verbally saying out loud, some of the things that we studied. Kind of press that background and that historical context and that Old Testament imagery, whether it's leaping like a deer or going into the temple for the first time and just kind of color commentate the text as you read it. If there are no takers, I will do it, but I will be much longer, okay, as a punishment for no volunteers, I'm teasing. So there it is. It's condensed, and um, I know it's it's uh, really focused here. So with that being said, there are some great truths in some common day, everyday applications that still are hanging really low on this text, like super ripe fruit, and all we have to do is just pluck it. It's right in front of us so with that being said let's jump into it the one whom god raised from the dead you can see it being highlighted there a fact to which we are witnesses now i don't know about you Ed. i see something actually i think jeremy Beedner brought it up wednesday when we broke ground on this text there is a word here that just grabs our attention immediately all right we love to throw this word around in fact um Let's see if you can guess what it is. We won't highlight it yet, all right? But see if you can finish this sentence. That's a jack. Fact, yes. That's a fact jack. The word fact is a word that we love to throw around, yet at the same time we all challenge because we all have our our own facts, all right? You always listen to politicians sometimes, well, I have an alternative fact that I'm working on. But I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice there is no challenge to this fact. There is no challenge from the crowd. Now actually, I, I, I have Jesus' dead body in the back of the There's no challenge to the fact that there is a resurrection by the people. In fact, There are many times prior to this in Scripture where people did challenge Jesus. They did challenge what he said and whose power he did it in or whether or not it was real. But here in this text, in the temple, with a lame man in his 40s leaping like a deer, clinging to them, right here there is absolutely no no, um, challenge to what he says, which brings up the question, why? Why is there no challenge? That God raised Jesus from the dead. In fact, he says this, we are witnesses to this. Now, this isn't 2,000 years later. This is roughly seven weeks later, all right? In fact, in a moment, in a crowd, because it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour, the busiest time of the temple, with the evening sacrifices going up as he preaches the sermon from the very steps that Jesus gave the good good, uh, shepherd message, In just a moment, we know that there's thousands and thousands of people there because it's the busiest time. In the very next chapter, I believe it's chapter 4, nearly 2,000 people are going to be saved. Now, if this is not a fact, clearly 2,000 people are not going to receive this as truth seven weeks after the resurrection happened or did not happen in their eyes. Two thousand people accept Christ after this message. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, this fact would have been laughable. They would have laughed them out of the temple. All right? They would have laughed them out of uh, the porch of Solomon. No one would have believed, much less 2,000 people who, by the way, will publicly repent soon after that, and someone's going to go to get water again, and there's going to be a long line of these new people called followers of the way, soon will be called Christians, soon will be called the church, but the long lines of these people getting baptized again. It could have been easily disproved if the body of Christ had been found or Explained away. If the Jewish leaders were able to produce a body um, of Jesus, the church would have been born still, a stillborn church. Jesus, we know from Scripture, showed many convincing proofs for 40 days after the resurrection. Rome was responsible to guard the tomb. The body is gone. Rome looks foolish. We have to understand, again, we're not studying this 2,000 years, or this doesn't happen 2,000 years later. All of this stuff is fresh. Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people saw Jesus alive. It is a fact of which we are witnesses too. No one is challenging this. Ours, here's the point, if I could just get to this. Ours is not a religion that is born out of a strong desire for something to be true. Ours is not a religion that is made up of some made up writing. It is a fact that even those who are responsible for the killing of Jesus could not refute so here's some food for thought when people say the resurrection is a historical fact that is not us hoping against hope that what we believe is true in this context it is a historical verifiable fact it is not being made up so in that little word that we love to throw around but none of us want to accept unless it's our facts it's settled there In fact, let us remember that not only is Jesus raised from the dead, there's another fact staring them right in front of their face. What other fact is staring them right in front of their face that is, as as Eli brought up, has them amazed? What is it? Talk to me. The The lame man in his 40s, leaping like a deer. A healed beggar is here again, living proof that the nation's evaluation, as, as you brought it up, Barb, you know, they, they choose all the wrong stuff. The nation's evaluation of Jesus Christ is absolutely wrong. The leaping man is evidence of it. By the way, fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 35, when the lame leap, salvation is upon you. In fact, he is the prophet that Moses spoke about. He is the Messiah. This 40-year-old gentleman is the proof, not to mention all these other things. Now, as Paul and I were bantering a little bit here, this next section here, times of refreshing, and I'm going to be asking you a question here in about three minutes. So really engage this if you can. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and a period of restoration of all things, all highlighted up there in our condensed um, egregiously condensed version there. Now, we touched on this briefly this morning, but I want to push it to its furthest application. Now, most commentators agree that this is pointing to the second coming of Jesus Christ, which I personally believe happens after the great tribulational period of time, where we will then enter into the millennial kingdom. All right? So, I believe this is looking at the, and most commentators do, well, all of them, all right, that this is the second coming of Christ, the millennial kingdom, this is eternal paradise, or the most accurate way to summarize all of these terms that I just brought up is this, a a definitive age of full salvation, a definitive age of full salvation. Now, I'm not mean to say that we're not fully saved right now, but all that salvation is Entails, all right? The curse, you know, sin in our lives, etc. That full glorification of salvation. That's kind of the best way to summarize Second Coming, Millennial Kingdom, Jesus Christ's return, all right? Now, while this part is true, it doesn't mean that more doesn't seep from this promise, even contextually here. It also can include the idea of spiritual refreshment in our lives now. In our lives now, while we wait for this ultimate fulfillment of salvation. Remember, God's kingdom is always, can always be as, viewed as already, not yet. Already and not yet. Commentators like Pesh, Bach, Barrett, Edwards, all agree that while the ultimate fulfillment is in view here, it does not mean that this can also refer to blessings in our lives right now. By being associated with and knowing Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit right now on earth as we live, okay, whether that 's through progressive sanctification, the filling of the Holy Spirit, so here 's my question we 've got three minutes into that. What are some biblical ways, practically practical biblical ways, all right we can experience refreshment and restoration now, as we wait. For the ultimate fulfillment, then. What are some ways we can experience refreshment now, my friend? Come to church. Come to church. All right. Amen. Amen. Yes? Sabbath. Rest and fellowship. Sab- Sabbath. We're going to call it Sunday rest, but I know what you mean. Yep. Rest and fellowship. Yeah, that's a time of refreshment. Anyone else? Uh, 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 Laura? amen which okay so if you're back to those of you couldn't hear if you're backsliding you repent of your sins and you confess us that brings us all into the book of first john if you confess your sins he has just been able to forgive us our sins and cleanse us without the ability of recall like ink all right cleanse us of all our unrighteousness and sin that's refreshing i don't know about you that is refreshing anyone else ways that what's that what's that potlucks of course <laughs> the fellowship right the biblical fellowship all right anyway thanks for coming mike if, uh, if you just lock up that'd be great anyone anyone else yes heather evangelism okay how many here find evangelism refreshing i'm teasing laura <laughs> you're you have that wonderful gift in heart that's awesome other ways that you can think of yes And on your word will I meditate day and night. The encouragement of the word. Anything else? Going once. Going twice. Let's see if I uh, doubled up on you. Here's what I put. Forgiveness of sins, peace of mind, hope, joy, um, having the Lord in our life, and spiritual and physical healing. Yes, Laura. Praise? Okay, Hillsong. Yes. No. <laughs> that was just for you, Laura. <laughs> oh, praise songs, worship song, proclaiming the truth about God to one another for encouragement. Amen. And teaching. <laughs> that was my favorite point of the day. That was awesome. Anyone else? Refreshment? Otherwise we'll move forward. Go on once, go on twice. Oh, you're just itching your nose, Dave? Okay. He has one job, and he itches his nose. Yes, Garrett. Prayer. Oh, yeah. The prayers, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, which I think um, Jeffrey said. Thank you. My brain shrinks up here. So we got the bread, the fellowship, the apostles' teaching, and the prayer. Thank you. All right. So with that being said, Don't disengage your mind now because we're going to go into another passage here in a moment. Now I want to touch briefly on the repentance of sins again. I promise to make it brief, all right? Not too long. Therefore, it says in the text, repent, there it is, so that your sins might be wiped away. That's that ink imagery that that, um, Luke brought up before when he was singing. By turning every one of us from our wicked ways so we can see repentance is the complete reorientation of life away from self and sin towards god in holiness we've talked about that many times all right remember when we talked a couple of weeks ago about biblical repentance oh i'm going to test you it's biblical repentance is three-pronged they all end with the word with the letters shoal okay i'll give you the first one the first one is emotional to emotionally grieve over our sin What's the next one? Intellectual. To agree with God, all right, that he is right and we are wrong. To emotionally grieve and agree with God. So we got emotional, we got intellectual, and then there is a third one. Who wants to grab that? Volitional. I was even going to give you a hint. That's awesome. Volitional, meaning it literally changes our behavior. A complete reorientation of life away from sin and towards God and His holiness. Now, there are many within our church circles. Maybe we can see traces of this in our own lives and stuck to our own hands. We don't like this, all right? In fact, some may flat out reject this. But in my studies this week, I came across yet another biblical example of true repentance in the Gospels taught from the lips of jesus christ okay and this is about repentance from the lips of jesus so i'm not going to argue against it here's what it says now as we i'm going to read this out loud but as we read this here's the question i'm going to ask you at the end what comes to your mind about what jesus said true repentance faith looks like what comes to your mind When what Jesus says repentance looks like, and maybe contrasted with what we do today, and and anything around that circle. So here we go. Jesus said, but what do you think? He's talking to spiritual leadership here, by the way. All right. What do you think, Sanhedrin? A man had two sons. And he came to the first son, and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son answered, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it. And he went into the vineyard and worked. The man came to a second son and said the same thing. And he answered, Yes, I will, Dad. Yes, sir. But he didn't do anything. There was no action. He did not go. And then Jesus turns to them and says, Which of these two did the will of their father? And they said, Well, the first one. And then Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that a tax collectors, ah, worst in Israel, and prostitutes, could we go any lower? will get into the kingdom before those who gave me verbal lip service, but not their lives. Now, what are some things you observe from that passage about what Jesus says about repentance? Talk to me. Dana. Mm. In fact, I believe the book of James touches on that slightly. When he delicately tells us our faith is. Amen. A nice little plug there. That's great. <laughs> faith without works is what, Paul? Dead. Dead. Thank goodness for Paul's slight, comforting, warm blanket of you're going to die. All right? Um, what do you see in there? I saw it. Same thing. Okay. Anyone, anyone else? Yes, Jeffrey. Jesus is about as brutally honest as uh, uh, Peter is. Oh, <laughs> you might say Peter learned while listening to Jesus. Brutal honesty there. Anything else pop out? Yes. The first son regretted not following his father. Anyone else? Okay, now we're going to hold on to that. Here's some things. The second son represents a religious person. He's speaking to spiritual leadership here. A religious person, you might say he he could be talking to a, a cultural Christian in many ways. A person who says yes, all right? A person who says yes, but there is no change of behavior, there is no action or way of life that joyfully obeys the Father. So he says yes, but there's no action behind it. The first represents true repentance. Not only did they change their mind, which you just brought up, but also followed that decision with a complete change of behavior, action. The point that Jesus is teaching here without debate, crystal clear, is anyone who claims to have repented will validate it with a changed life for generations we have said we may have said well you know what i think both sons are going into heaven how many of our children how many of our parents how many within our religious circles have grown up with a with a pseudo gospel that says all you have to do is agree but you do not have to radically give your life to christ as my father always says if you've if you've been to calvary and nothing's changed then nothing has changed How many of our children sleep at night thinking that that they are saved and may not? What do we do with this text? Do we erase it? Do we say, oh, that's not what Jesus means. But it is exactly what Jesus means. Words that do not produce a change, reorientation of life, as Dana brought up, is dead. Words don't save. Faith doesn't. Saves. How do we know? Isn't that the question we've asked ourselves? How do we know I have the right? How do I know it's true faith? We talked about this, didn't we? Repentance is the beginning of authentic. Is the starting point of authentic faith. Are lives changed, and are they continually changing? Words that do produce a changed life. That go into the vineyard and serve, love and desire and obey their father. That is salvation. But now I want to end our digging deeper with some discussion and some final application here. And by application, I mean everyday observations that we can apply to our lives this week. This week, okay? We're almost done here. The early church has been spilling into the streets in a very holistic way. Talk to me, what what comes to your mind when you hear the word holistic? Talk to me. Okay, explain the word. Let's break it down. Whole. All. All parts of life. Thank you. It's a very holistic ministry. The early church spilling into the streets. Meaning they're not heavy in one area, and absent in another. It's holistic. It's the whole picture. What I'm trying to say here is this. They teach Jesus Christ in a way that engages their listeners. We talked about that. It's from the Torah prophets okay they 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 teach Jesus Christ in a way that engages their listeners and at the same time physically ministers to the person's needs lame man leaping all right at the very same time here it is the one reinforces the other here's what I'm trying to say and this will complement all of Jesus's teaching and all of the Pauline epistles to teach or to say that God is love without showing love How many here are thankful as a church? And I'm just saying church in general. We'll apply this to the universal church because it can't apply to us locally in context, right? But how many here would, uh, would say that there are times when the church can proclaim the love of God while showing none? Have you been there? In fact, that's one of the reasons why we all hide our sin, is it not? Can't let them know. That is so antithetical to what we ought to be. We ought to love one another as there's someone who loved us first, as who? Christ loved us. When did Christ love us? When we were ugly, all right? Dead in our sins. That is our model. To say to, to teach the love of God without showing love practically leaves the message empty. I'm going to compare it to the sentence here. To give the hungry a stone leaves the message of love empty. At the same time, holistically, to lovingly help someone and yet never point to Jesus in His Word, leaves the one ministered to with full hands and an empty soul. Full hands and an empty soul of any salvation. If you give the hungry the bread rather than the stone without the message of the gospel We leave their heart stone. That's the holistic picture we see here with the early church. Imagine if he healed the man from birth and never mentioned the name of Jesus. We must always ask ourselves, are our actions and our message balanced? We have to ask ourselves that. So with that being said, we are going to peel this back, and there's going to be a lot of text here, okay? And I'm looking for a potential of volunteers. You can see we got red, we got blue, and we got green. Who here would like to read one of the sections, and as you read it out loud, insert some of the thoughts that come to you, whether they be applicational or historical, inject them into the text, coloring what is there with, with a hermeneutical study. Anyone at all. And then afterwards, I will critique you
1: <laughs> in love.
0: All right, no, I won't. I won't. Any volunteers? If we don't have any volunteers, I'm going to revert to, well, I don't know if I want to do that whole thing. We might revert to the the smaller one. Any volunteers? Any brave ones? Okay, we got Luke. Fine line between brave and stupid folks, all right? No, (laughs) I love love them. Thank you, Luke. Anyone else? Anyone else? Paul. Paul, okay, you're going to have the blue section. All right, awesome. So we got, you guys can just hang out together if you want. Is that close enough for you to read? All right, and then what about the green section? I know, that's kind of the hardest section. So I'll do the green section. So uh, Luke, you got red. Paul, you got blue. Brett has got green. And then who's going to close us in the prayers? Who here will close us in a prayer that's modeled after how Scripture tells us we should focus? Anyone at all, other than these three here looking for someone to pray for refreshment and restoration before the fulfillment of full salvation. Anyone? Okay, Dave, thank you. So you got prayers. Luke, you're up.
1: While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us? as if by our own power or piety, we made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you, did I read that right? Yes. Thank you. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. Okay.
0: Thank you, Luke. Now, Paul, as you go into the blue, I want you to also verbally add things that you learned. You mean like Luke added? Yes.
3: <laughs> he didn't add anything. He
0: added nothing, and I'm trying to be gentle about it.
3: Oh, I see. Okay. All right, but <laughs> I'm confused. We're
0: being Peter right here. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Do you want and to on the over? basis
3: of faith... Did you want yeah. to add anything? <clears throat> no. Okay. <laughs> and on the basi- basis of faith in his name, now that's pretty, pretty important, faith, you know. It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man, not Peter, not anything else. But it was the name of Jesus which did this thing, whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him, him being Jesus... That has given him this perfect health in the presence of of you all. (laughs) You all saw this, you know, and it wasn't Peter and John. It came from faith in Jesus. Jesus did this. And now, brothers, I want you to know that you acted in ignorance. (laughs) You guys are pretty dumb. Um, Just as your rulers did also. So it's not a new thing for them to act in ignorance. (laughs) It's been going on for centuries. And most recently with the crucifixion, of course. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, so now we're going back to the Old Testament, that his Christ would suffer, uh, he has thus fulfilled. So I guess Peter's pointing out that this is not just some new thing. This is something that's been talked about by God, by the prophets, uh, through the prophets. And finally, here it is. It's taken place. Therefore, repent and return. Mm. So what's the solution? Repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away. Um, A good formula for us in order that times of refreshing may come now, but especially in the future from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus, the Christ appointed for you whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. So there is a future with the Lord.
0: And I don't want to draw your attention to lying, King. Because that is an empty substitute. I want to relate to you guys that, like Paul just said, this is not a new story. It goes all the way back to your home run hitter, the author of the Torah, by which you base your entire lives around, Moses. The pinnacle said, the Lord God will raise up, which, by the way, we are all witnesses to, raise up to you, All right, a prophet like Moses who spoke... On behalf of God, but as as mentioned earlier, is fully God, will come from the land of Israel, your brethren, to him you shall listen, not kill, not reject, not choose a murderer, but you shall listen to Him and give heed to everything He says to you, and it will be that a soul that, that is not he Jesus shall be utterly destroyed before the ultimate fulfillment of salvation has come. And likewise, all the prophets have spoken, the entire Old Testament, this... This is literally Jesus unpacking all things from the Old Testament concerning him. Peter's doing the very same thing. He says all of the prophets, all the way from Samuel, who by the way, I learned Wednesday was the beginning of the prophets, and all of his successors onward are constantly pointing to this prophet that Moses spoke about and announced these days. It is you who are the sons of these prophets in the covenant which God has made with your with your fathers, saying to Abraham, in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first God raised up, Israel first, and then the Gentiles raised up his servant and sent him to bless you. And let me tell you about what this blessing is. It is repentance as well, by turning every one of you from your wicked Ways and by the way, large picture, early church that is not stillborn because the fact up there, the fact remains that he is raised from the dead. We need to spill into the streets with a passion and message for the gospel of Jesus Christ with a holistic view of ministry that gives the hungry man bread, not a stone. That helps the poor and the lame and the imprisoned and the widows and the needies and the single moms and and all the people who are in need. We have to meet them in love, and then with that, with a holistic ministry, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything less than that is an empty substitute. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It never comes back void. We pray that it would not come back void in our lives tonight, individually and corporately. Lord, as we are about to be dismissed into this world who has chosen a murderer, their father Satan, may we have the same truth and love as the apostles have here to meet people where they are at with the gospel. Father, may we not just be a Bible-believing church, but a Bible-living church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, Dave, I'm going to close in prayer. All Thanks. right? Where are you, brother? Thanks. <laughs> close in prayer. You want to? Yeah. Okay, you got it. That was just kind of... The second closing. Right? I just kind of got things all primed up. All right, go
1: ahead. Lord God, We are we're thankful that, that you are God in heaven and, and hallowed be your name. And we're thankful that it's not in our own power and our own strength that we uh, share this message, but it's from you. And we're, we're thankful for all that you have done for us. And As we think about uh, the Lord's Prayer and how you've uh, given us that as an example, we, um, we want to pray for our daily bread. We want to pray that we would be able to help others and encourage others in those, those physical needs that they have. We thank you for the opportunities you give us to serve and, and to help others we think about the uh, asking for forgiveness and, and giving forgiveness we're thankful for all that you have done for us for the forgiveness of sins and i pray that uh, you would work in our hearts convict us of of our sin uh, help us to repent to turn from our sins and, and run to you and that we would just encourage others to do the same and lord as we think about uh, Just the opportunities that we have to to meet together, to learn your word together, to pray together, to fellowship together. We want to be about your honor and your glory. Help us to be amazed at what you are doing and also know that you desire to do so much more in our midst. And God, I just want to pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.